0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: Anything that rests on the throne of your heart that's above God, it could be a thing, it could be a person, it could be a relationship, a job, a benefit, anything in your life that I will sin against God to keep this. If God said give it up, I would say no. God has said give it up and you've been saying no. That's idolatry. That's something that's held up in worship above him. The idolatry that we're gonna talk about here is actually them going into temples and worshiping actual false gods. But understand that anything that you hold in that kind of position is an idol.
0: Is there anything in your life taking priority over your relationship with God, or something that you don't want to let go of, even though you know it's against scripture? As Pastor Bill will point out in today's message, while we may not bow down before statues in a physical demonstration of idolatry, for most of us, we have a real struggle with idolatry in our hearts. So many things come before God in our lives, even if we say one thing with our mouths. The ways we spend our time and money betray our hearts now here's pastor bill in the book of first corinthians chapter 10 for today's edition of a transforming word
1: look at verse 14 the last verse was one of my favorite verse 13 paul told him that you know no temptation had overtaken them except that which is common and he said but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able But with the temptation makes a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so don't ever let the enemy convince you that you have to fail. God says, there's a way of escape. Uh, I'll make a way of escape. You're never in a must fail situation because God is with us. and There's always a way out if we're looking for it. And I, I will stress if we're looking for it. All right. Verse 14. He says, therefore, and whenever you read the word, therefore, it always points back. So it's a connector word. It's connecting you to everything else he just said. You know, so. Therefore, because of all that I have just taught you about dying yourself and being a witness and, you know, letting go of some of your liberties for the benefit of others. He's therefore my beloved. And I I, when I was reading through this over and over, I just wanted you to pick up the tone of Paul's letter. Paul, though the Corinthians are a carnal church and they um, they 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 they, kind of get on your nerves. I mean, they just they're kind of thick in the skull, you know, for some of y'all with some bad kids. The Corinthians are like bad kids, you know. But I want you to notice that Paul addresses them. He says, therefore, my beloved, I still I love him. He still loves them, you know? And that ministered to me this last week, I was with my son on sixth grade camp. I've been a while since I've been bunked up with a bunch of sixth grade boys, you know, for three days. And I was c- preparing messages while I was up there and the Lord was like, you, you look at how you're talking to these kids. It's, Some of these kids, you know, they ain't never had a whooping. They don't get no <laughs> discipline whatsoever. They just they just bad. And um, I remember as I was preparing this for y'all. God was like, therefore, my beloved. you better been talking nice to them kids, man. So I got checked. So Paul says, therefore, my beloved. He loves these guys anyway. He gives them a command. Flee from idolatry. Um, whenever God tells you to flee from something, uh, fleeing is not a casual. You know, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm gonna try to get away from that best I can. Fleeing is like what you do. If there's something that you are frightened of and you're trying to get away, it it frightens you. I know some of y'all might be afraid of dogs. Some of you guys might be afraid of rodents. Uh, Whatever it is that you would be afraid of that you would you would actually with some energy and some, you know, lose your dignity a little bit to get away from it. When Paul says flee, he's saying like, I mean, get away from that best you can mean fast. You know, I don't typically prank my wife. Uh, Cause we lived too close, and if she ever get me back, it'd be bad. But one day, she was being a little ornery, and messing with me. So, I just I went into a I went I went where some boxes had been, and I just I didn't say I saw a rodent, but I you know I acted like I, saw, I was like, oh oh I, I jumped back like that, and so her seeing me react like that, she's looking she 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 started doing the same thing, and then I just laughed at her, you know. Then I got hit, you know, and we went to counseling. So, but. I mean, she was ready to run just off of my reaction. She was (laughs) was having all kind of conniptions and whatnot. You know, when Paul says flee something, he's saying this is really bad for you. So we're going to talk about, he deals with idolatry. Um, A simple definition of idolatry is anything that you would put above God. Anything that rests on the throne of your heart that's above God. It could be a thing, it could be a person, it could be a relationship, a job, a benefit, anything in your life that I will sin against God to keep this. If God said, give it up, I would say no. God has said, give it up. And you've been saying, no, that's idolatry. That's something that's held up in worship above him. The idolatry that we're going to talk about here is actually them going into temples and worshiping actual false gods. But understand that anything that you hold in that kind of position is an idol. So, you know, for, for me in my life, I can look over my life and say, yeah, there've been idols over times in my life. Sometimes idols have been things, um, things that just, you know, I gave too much of my attention to, too much of my time. Um, Paul said flee from idolatry. Don't ever let, don't ever get comfortable in a space in your life where something is above Jesus. Don't ever let it be that way. When you find something above Jesus, you want to kick it to the curb. And it might, it might be a relationship, kick it to the curb. It might be people, it might be things, you want to get it off that place. You know why? Because nothing can replace Jesus in our lives. Nothing will be to you and be what Jesus can be to you and me. Amen. And so Paul says, man, flee from idolatry. Um, And then he says in verse 15, I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. And he's he's, kind of leaning on the the Corinthians pride a little bit. They thought they were wise. He said, well, I'm speaking to you guys as wise men. Remember earlier he said I had to speak to y'all like babes because y'all weren't y'all haven't matured. But he's saying here, okay, now I'm going to speak to you as wise men. So so listen to what I'm saying. You judge for yourselves. Verse 16, the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, many are one bread and one body. For we are we all partake of that one bread for you guys that were with us last week. We celebrated communion. And so this is what we're doing when we take communion together. What Paul's getting ready to do is explain what we do in communion. And then say, you can't do that same thing with an idol God. So when we take communion, he said, look, we, we, in their culture, they would take a, a big loaf of bread. And so as we, they would break the bread. So we should probably do communion like that at some time. Why? Right? I know some of y'all be a little finicky. You touch my bread. So that's why we get by the individual crackers. But they took one loaf and everybody broke off a piece of bread. And so when you got done, we all we all these little pieces come from one one body of bread. And the same is as a picture of what was taking place, because now as we all partake of this bread together, we're all we're all communing in Christ. And that word communion, um, I was looking it up. It's it's a really intimate word. It's not just like fellowship. It's deeper than that. It actually um, one of the definitions for it was social intercourse. Um, And let me explain. Sorry, kids. In the same way that a husband and wife, uh, that that is the, the. Express That's probably the, the most intimate expression of a, a husband and wife becoming one. Um, God says when we take communion, we're becoming one. We're receiving him in us and we're becoming one with the Lord, one with each other. We're all communing. We're all saying together we're one in Christ. And as we partake of that bread together, it's a symbol of the body. And we're recognizing that although we're many different members, we're all part of one body. It's, 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 it's one of the miraculous things that takes place in the body of Christ where people from different walks, Different statuses, different social structures, everything else can come together, and in Christ, we're one. There's no there's no distinction. In Jesus Christ, we are one. We're family. We got the same dad. We have the same need. Uh, we'll talk about that next next week. But when you come to the foot of the cross, doesn't matter who you are, you come to the foot of the cross with the same need. Amen. Need my sins forgiven. Everybody at the foot of the cross is brought to the same place, humbled. I need Jesus. I need what he did on the cross. Uh, Nobody's arrogant at the foot of the cross. We need the same things. We're recipients of a great gift. We had to all walk away from the foot of the cross super thankful, super blessed, and super humbled. And that's what should unite us. That's why in the body of Christ, we understand this the right way. uh, We should be a humble, loving group of people. Uh, We should be humble. We should be able to love on the weak people God gives us. God may send us in some people that they just, they just walked in off of nowhere and we have to be able to love them into health. Because we can look back and say, I remember, I remember where I was once upon a time. They are where I was and they need what I received. I gonna see if I can walk them through to the Lord. Um, you know, I, I hate to hear of churches where somebody walk in and they get shunned, you know, because they looked a certain way. I've heard of people going into churches because they got tattoos. You know, people, you, got, you know, looking at them a certain way or they dress a certain way. That's why we don't really do the dress up thing. Um, I, I don't ever want this to become something that trivial where I don't have clothes good enough to go there. Um, you, you ain't got to have, you, you got tennis shoes, you got sandals, you got flip flops, you know, you can come here, you know. I, I hate for those sort of things to be the things that we begin to judge one another and, and shun and push others away. So Paul says here that, that, that this, is, this is what happens when we take communion, we literally become one. Many members, we become one body. Verse 17, for we, though many are one bread, one body, For we all partake of that one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh are not those who eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar. And he's speaking of those who offer the sacrifices for you guys that have been with us Thursday. The priests and the Levites offered and and they received from the same uh, altar there. Verse 19. He says, what am I saying then that an idol is anything or what is offered to an idol is anything And this is the question that they were having. It doesn't really relate a lot to how we live, but I want to I want to make some parallels in that culture. Remember, Paul talked about the meat that had been sacrificed to idols sold at the marketplace. What do you guys? What what was what was the what was the what was the the desirable thing about that meat? Anybody remember that was cheaper? So for you bargain shoppers, you coupon cutters, um, you would have wanted to have that idol meat because it's the same, you know, cut of beef, but it's you know because it had been offered to a, a idol first now it's at the meat market it's cheaper and paul said it, it it's it's okay you can go ahead and buy that cheaper slice of meat there's no condemnation if you do so now what he's talking about here is it's not buying it at the marketplace it's actually going into the temple where they prepare it where they, they've offered it to the idol and they're celebrating they're they're communing with the idol they're 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 taking what we do at communion and they're doing that in their temples uh for an idol god so this is different what paul is getting at here he's saying now that's a little different when i go into a muslim mosque let's say and partake of whatever they got going on there absolutely not i wouldn't do it i i heard i didn't know this but someone shared with me that in the jehovah's witness religion they prepare communion but they don't partake of the communion you know and i I had joked that I have wanted to go and and then eat it <laughs> and drink it, like I receive the Lord, you know. But I, I'll probably get I I probably get run up out of there and be like a, like a like a anyway I won't I won't bring up Trump and all that. But anyway, I'll be I'll probably get boosted up right on out of there, you know. But all right, so even though we're all you know receiving this together, he's saying you do want to have uh, you want to have caution with, with regard to going into this these idols. Even though the idol is nothing, is the idol real? No. It's just real to them. Is the worship of the idol real? It's it's real to them. It's not those gods don't exist, but he's going to give us some insight. Where does idol worship come from? Where does the desire desire to worship other gods come from? Who's behind that sort of worship? Right. That's what Paul's going to get at. And so listen to what he says in verse 20. Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Now, this is what he says here. Now, when he says fellowship here, it means to be a a, a partner or a companion. He says, look, when they offer sacrifices to these idols, they're actually offering sacrifices to demons. Paul is saying that there's demonic powers behind these things. And so I was looking over that myself and contemplating it and when I, when I think of it, and I want you to think about this with me, um, Satan has a history of wanting that which belongs to the Lord. Uh, for you guys that know, when Satan was kicked out of heaven, you know why he was kicked out of heaven. Because he was no longer content to bring glory to God or offer worship to God. He said, I, I will be like. And he had his eye with, I'll be like the most high. I wa-, He wanted his own shine. And the Bible says that God... But, you know, he won't share his glory with any man. And he was kicked out. Uh, he was he was thumped out. But he was the anointed cherub that covered. He had authority. And so a third of the angels fell with him. They went with him. And so but we know in the beginning that was the case that he was there. He was part of worship. Uh, he had authority over other angels and other beings. And he was prideful. Pride was his issue and decided that no, I want this for me. I don't want to give glory to God. I want glory for me. And that's what got him kicked out. So now he still exists. And so, you know, I want to explain for those that maybe are not aware, uh, where, what is the devil? What are demons? How, what do they exist? The devil is a, you know, he was created, a created being. He's an angel. Um, he was a, a, he was a beautiful angel. He is a high ranking angel. Um, but angels are just created beings. Are angels equal with God? Is Satan equal with God? Is he God's nemesis? No, no. He's a created being. When God gets ready, it's going to be like that. It's over. It's, it's a nothing. Um, but he's there. And so some people, why did God make Satan in? You know, why did God create him if he knew he was going to fall? Um, and whenever you ask why God questions, you need to be careful. Um, because are we in a place to question him? No, we're in a place to worship him. Uh, I don't I don't know that I'm asking God why I'm just saying what. Well, what did you do? What is he? What's my relationship to you? What can he do? What can't he do? How do I respond to him? I, I want to know those. That's the information I want. So uh, we know that Satan is a created being. He's an angel. He's fallen. Demons are the the third of the angels that fell with Satan are demons. There's only one Satan. He can't be everywhere at the same time. So some of y'all be blaming everything on the devil. The devil, the devil, some of y'all, the devil ain't even bothered with you yet. You know, <laughs> he, just, he out there, he got much bigger fish to fry. You ain't never even been next to the devil. You've been, you may have some demonic stuff, but you know, Demons. This is what happened. So this just catch this many times the way that Satan gets that which belongs to God. He copies. He's a great counterfeiter. The Bible even says that Satan was able to transform himself into an angel of light. Um, he's deceptive. Uh, we know many things. The Bible has kind of shown the light on them. We know from John eight forty four, 44. The devil's a liar. We know from 1 Peter 5, um, I think it's 7 or 8, Says um, you know Peter says there that he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Uh, he's out there trying to rip folks off. We know from John 10, 10 that the thief comes but to steal and kill and destroy. So there's nothing good, the Bible says, about the devil. Every time he speaks in the Bible, he speaks in Genesis to divide man from God. Did God indeed say you couldn't eat of all these things? He speaks again in Matthew 4, 1 to 11 to try to get Jesus off of his course. You know, um, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these things right now. Every time he speaks, he's trying to bring division between God and the people of God, between people and, and their call that God has given them. Everything we see of the enemy in scripture is wicked. But this is what we know about him. He, he doesn't mind if we worship him on accident. What does God do when we get saved? What does he do? What, what comes to live inside you? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So in a sense, right, every verse here that's saved, you are possessed. <clears throat> by who? Holy Spirit. That's not a bad possession. So don't get weird. Hey, Pastor, I'm possessed <clears throat> by God. Okay, God is God. Is the Bible is so the Holy Spirit is the down payment. It's how I know I belong to God, right? It's a good thing. He's there to convict me of sin, to guide me into all truth, to comfort me when I need comfort with a supernatural comfort. Everything the Holy Spirit does in my life is good. Well, Satan is a great counterfeiter. And so what does he do to those that don't belong to God? He will possess people and he will move through people, speak through people. Um, That's what he does. Um, Can a believer be demon possessed? No. Just want y'all to know cuz there's some churches that are how you think in everything you do wrong, you had to come up and get the the, the you know, you would be coming forward every week to get the demon of lust cast out, the demon of cigarettes cast out, the demon of alcohol and never be told that what you really need to do is repent of your sin. So y'all ain't got the demon if you say there ain't no demon of nothing. It's it's your flesh that you got to get in check. So just to help y'all out, that's for free. Okay. So So he counterfeits, he copies. Uh, what the Lord does, and we want to be careful. Um, he wants the worship that belongs to God. Um, I, I did this at one point. Um, I looked at a, there were all these different musicians that were explaining how they get their songs, and this was from rap people to some rock people, so forth and so on. And I was specifically listening. I, I'm not as interested in what people say about other people. You know, I'm not looking at Illuminati videos and all these kooky things. I'm looking at the people that are saying it themselves, how I got this song. And I listen to, I mean, many, one after the other, these artists say, you know how I get these songs? I say, man, we were in the studio for three weeks when we got this album. And we were high. I mean, we, were high. We, were, we were just high every single day. And, 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 and this, this is a common testimony. You can go look. These people have testified online in their own interviews that there were demonic presences that would come. They wouldn't call it a demonic presence. They would say there was a presence that came into the room. And, and this gave me I got this whole thing in one night. And I'm talking about from rock people, the doors, Beatles, some of y'all, some people like that stuff, uh, Eminem and some of these different people. They're explaining instances where demonic presence came in and gave them the whole thing. And then you go look at their concert and guess what? Everybody at the concert, it looked like a worship concert. People are emphatically hands are raised up. They're crying and sweating and all this to that person that ain't talking about nothing. I look at that and I'd be like, man, I know Satan is up in here somewhere trying to steal some worship, false worship. And so I say all that to you is that you want to be cautious. I don't, I'm not trying to make you weird, uh, you know, or make you legalistic, but I'm saying you need to be careful what you, what you listening to, what you sowing into your heart and mind over time. Uh, because Satan is always out there trying to get something for free, trying to steal some of that, which belongs to the Lord. So, I look at, you know, the fact that the Bible teaches us that we're to we're to have a fear of the Lord. You know what Satan has people Satan to have people be afraid of him, but don't fear the Lord. And so what do you think is a push for all the the movies and all the things that are kind of horror related and all these demonic things and all these things that make you fear the dark side? God says you need to fear me. God says you fear God who can kill the body. And after that, send the soul to hell. Don't fear nothing else. Right, if you fear God, you don't have to fear the devil. But if Satan can get you watching those movies and into that, oh, paranormal, and nah, nah, that, and you be walking through your house, and friend, I heard something, and you be tripping out, and all this stuff, and it's like, with your confidence in God, when you're sowing that kind of stuff into your heart and mind, who's behind that stuff, right? I, I'm looking at those things, and I'm saying, like, oh, I, I think the enemy is behind that. Got people fearing him when we're supposed to be fearing the Lord. So, you know, I, I, I can go on and on, but I, I'll just caution you in this way. Paul said, look, what's behind these idols? That the devil is, right? They're worshiping demons, and I don't want you guys to be partakers with them. I don't want you linking up with them in that. So be careful, family, things that you, for your, what you do for your leisure, what you do as, as your entertainment, for your enjoyment. Be cautious. As a believer, as a Christian, um, just exercise wisdom, right, in all that we do. Amen? Amen? Verse 21, he says, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons, You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Now, he's not saying you can't actually do it because you can do it. Um, He's saying that what's communicated here is that it's almost like you you, you, you you can't do both. You can't be, you know, having communion with the Lord and then go commune with the devil. You know, he's really saying you shouldn't. We shouldn't be doing this. Can you can you be here today and tonight be somewhere else doing some opposite stuff? You absolutely can, but you shouldn't. And that's what he's trying to communicate, that we be cautious with how we're living and what we're doing. Verse 22. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And it's a reminder there that one of the names of God and one of his characteristics is that he's jealous. And God's jealousy is not like, you know, he ain't like some 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 whacked out boyfriend, you know, that, you know, just where you at? Who's you talking to? You know, it's not like that. When God says he's jealous, it's in a good way. God's jealous. Not of you, he's jealous for you. He knows that there it's it's bad for you, right? To 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 be going after something else other than him. It's bad for you. It would be a detriment to you. And so when God says I, I'm jealous, I, I only want you to love me. I only want you to worship me, right? He only deserves to have it anyway. And God he said, he says, I'm a jealous guy. He told, he supposed said that, first said that in the Ten Commandments, when he told them not to worship other gods, not to have idols, not to have any other gods before him. If you're writing notes, you can write down Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. He said it there. He also said it in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. But God says, look, I'm, I'm a jealous God. I'll I, I, I come tear up some stuff. Don't, don't, don't test me, right? Don't have me, don't have me, you know, have to get involved. And some of us, you get out there and make God jealous. He had tear that thing up. Some of y'all worshiping four wheels, and then they'd be gone. And it's like, Lord, you'd be back on your face. You'd be back before the Lord. I've seen people who remove the Lord from the throne to go after something else. And I've seen when that thing is removed, you know what they end up coming back to? The Lord. I, I'm like, that, that jealous God said, I said, that'll be enough of that. I'm just going to take it away. So... Be careful that you don't, you don't put something up there and God say, you know what, if, if that job is going to cause you all that, right? If that job is going to ruin our relationship, then uh, then I might just have to ruin that job, you know? If that relationship means that much to you, you know, uh, he might just have to get involved and, and help you out a little bit. So he's a jealous goddess in a good way.
0: You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on media. Or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and location information. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we've looked into the book of 1 Corinthians, accountability and helping other believers strive for purity and commitment to God are topics that come to the surface. Although these things aren't always fun or easy, they're an incredible blessing to have in your life and in your church. So look to be involved and accountable wherever you're plugged in with other believers. If you notice that this ministry has been a blessing, even when it's convicted your heart in certain ways, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the messages go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Bill again for another edition of A Transforming Word.